a lot of the withdrawer fears are around failure, getting it wrong, but not just that, that I'm gonna get it wrong, make the wrong choice, and because I didn't have the right answer, I'm gonna be left. Even if a pursuer comes in and solves the problem, even if it's the perfect answer and does solve it, it's still not gonna probably land so well. It's gonna confirm the fear or the, the lack that I have and cause me to wanna hide more of myself. I'm Angela. And I'm Chad. And we discuss issues that couples face in everyday life. Then we set you up to have a conversation with your partner that's designed to bring you closer together. This is the Connecting Couples podcast with the real Emhoffs. Real conversations for a real connection. Hey, welcome to our episode on pursuers and the ways that they can show up for their partner. You know, we've been kind of all over the place in the worlds of pursuers and withdrawers in this series. And so, you know, we've talked about like, what are the challenges, you know, the things that go wrong for pursuers and withdrawers? What are the good reasons they have to do those things? We kind of can combine the two and said, hey, these are the dilemmas that show up in the next two episodes. We're going to talk about what it is that a pursuing partner like Angela can do to really help me in my moments of distress and what a withdrawing partner like myself, can do for Angela, my pursuing partner, in moments of her distress? How do we show up and kind of use attachment science and the language we've learned to kind of understand each other in moments of distress and show up? This is really about taking a moment and empathizing with your partner's perspective, understanding it, and saying, hey, I want to do the best moves I can in order to take care of you in these tough spots. You know, as we were kind of unpacking this, we recognize that in our very first series, The Basics, we said, if you're a pursuer, if you're a withdrawer, here's what your cycle looks like. And then we just went on to a whole bunch of other series, fights and repairs and traveling and all the things. Yeah. Um, but we really wanted to come back and say, how can we help a couple get into that place where they're de-escalated, get into a place where they start to feel more secure? And this is the series that kind of was birthed out of that, trying to get each one of us to have empathy for our partner's position. Also, a de-escalated, as we learned in our last two episodes, a de-escalated person means that I have some awareness of my own process. So now here we are, having had those conversations like Chad said about understanding all my good qualities, Chad's good qualities, understanding all the ways those good qualities can kind of be turned or seen badly. How yeah, they how hurt, they go bad. Yeah, how they yeah. hurt the relationship potentially. Even if there's good motive, they can still do damage. Yep. And that dilemma of going, man, what do I choose when it doesn't feel like either one is a good option? And if you have kind of stayed with us on all of those and are still tracking well, then here we are in this episode saying, the hope is you have a a good awareness of your moves. And now you also have a good awareness of your partner's moves. And now you're de-escalated, which means you guys can do repairs easier. Um, you're not staying escalated as long. It doesn't mean you don't fight. You're still going to fight. And so now we're saying, can you have an awareness of what your partner might need in the distress so that you can provide that for them? And that sounds like an impossible thing to even consider. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> it's funny, but like not, it's not very often that you lead with, Hey, here's the solution. And really, if you can't understand the problem, it's tough to, to understand yeah. the solution. So 
really understanding why you're doing it. It's like, I feel like we've done like, um, algebra and we've broken it all down into like, Hey, show your work and show me all the reasons and ways and carry the one or whatever. And so we're like, this is how that works. And now we're going to try to implement some of kind of the the shortcut, I guess, in in a way, (laughs) like if I know this about my partner, then why wouldn't I do this? Right. It's kind of this simple process of saying, let's, if we can start to respond the way that we need each of us to respond. And again, it doesn't matter. We can fight or whatever, or at least have disagreements. Yeah. I mean, sometimes the word fight carries a, a really negative connotation, but a disagreement Miss is each fine. Other. Yeah, Misunderstand, yeah. Yep. be misunderstood. And it's, it's great to also kind of know, Hey, this is how we're going to address that. Like yeah. if, if I know that we're off, there are some things that I can do to kind of stay in the room or stay with you and kind of help comfort some of the distress if you'll let me. Yeah. Right. And then also vice versa. If I'm in a bad place and I come to you, it really needs to be met with a different energy uh, than is sometimes there. If you're just pursuing, if you're just anxious and in that, in that bad space. So, so here's the example that it kind of, as we, you know, prepare for these podcasts, we try to bring up examples that we can use that relate. And the other day I was a little bit escalated. Uh, there had been a confrontation uh, in the organization that I'm with, and I had to respond to the person who was being escalated. And so I was in my head on how I was going to respond and was it going to be good? And, you know, I sometimes role play that on Chad. How does this land? And in that conversation we were having, he did what he has done sometimes that I need, which is he matched my energy. He started like fighting for my behalf. He got in escalated. And I realized that he was actually like pouring kerosene on the fire. And internally I was getting even more escalated. And so I I was like, hmm, this isn't helpful right now in this moment. And I, to be fair, hadn't told him what I really even needed. He was doing something that he knew had worked before. Why not try that? But I could tell internally that it wasn't working. And we weren't the two of us in a fight. That makes it easier too when it's a situation where it's something else and he's trying to comfort me regarding an, you know, external external factor. factor. But in that moment, this aha moment, this light bulb came on for me of how many times my withdrawer, Chad, has come to me with a problem or in process where he is coming to me saying, Hey, I want to do the thing that you have asked me to do all along that you keep pushing me to do this, this, you know, vulnerability thing that everyone thinks that I should do. And he said, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to share with you my internal process as Chad has mentioned in previous episodes before it's the final draft, but it's the in process draft. And as soon as he will start sharing with me that, unedited draft, I get out my red pen and I start editing it and I check the grammar and I check the spelling and I start restructuring the sentences and I'm fixing and I'm, and I, I realized in that moment the other day when he was actually adding to my escalation, something that wasn't helpful that I do this to him all the time. And it led for us to have a conversation about what do you need when you do bring that process to me? That process that I've longed for, that process that I want to know and I want to be let in on. We talked in our episodes before about that withholding factor that sometimes withdrawers will hold back, not even intentional, not even as a slight, although sometimes we feel like it is. Sure. And yeah. so we've said, please include us. We want to know. But then as soon as they include us, we blast them with whether or not we approve of what they've included us in. And so we want to have a dialogue just about being able, withdrawers, to 
kind of know what you need. Yeah. And you might get there by knowing what you don't need. Sure. And that's okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's fine. To give us pursuers a little bit of insight on what would be good for us to try in those moments. That's good. I mean, you know, I think I think you having that awareness and that insight the other day and kind of going, hey, wait a minute, I think I do this to you a lot. Um, I think it that that even in itself, like having the awareness that, oh wait, I'm I'm doing what I don't like for you to do. That that's kind of like, yeah, I think we all want to do that. Yeah. I mean, there this is a trick. And so I say it's a trick, but like, it's, it's hard to be, um, presented some facts, right. Even if it's about, you know, the internal world and not want to solve it. I mean, that's like parenting one-on-one. If I know my kid has a problem and I don't fix it, that's, that's a bad thing. I should fix it or help my kid learn to fix it. Right. But I think with our spouse, it's a little bit different. It's like, if I share what's going on inside me, probably 90% of the time, I just want you to go, gosh, that's hard. I'm sure you spent a lot of time on this. Man, you can't figure this out. I don't know who could or something like that. Like give give some like oh. assurance that you believe in the other person versus, yeah. hey, I'm going to throw a correction in there and you probably didn't get. Th- so I'm yeah. not, I don't mean to go down that road, but I'm like, I just want to say it's important that we go, hey, no, I see you trying. I think it's so valid that you go down that road for just a second, because as you're saying that, like, here's this process that I don't have figured out. There is this immediate, even right now as we are recording this, I'm like, well, if you don't have it figured out, I can sure figure it out. Let me help you figure it out. You know, to to not try to travel Uh. down the road and say to a withdrawer or even think, oh, you mean you don't know something? I know a lot of things. I can share my knowledge with you right now in this moment. Um, (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like, hey, put a put a pin in what you feel. I'm about to solve all the problems. (laughs) But us pursuers, we're very, you know, knowledgeable. <laughs> At yeah. least we think we are. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I, I'm not saying that pursuers or withdrawers aren't both equally knowledgeable. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm like, that's not, probably the answer isn't just an answer, mm-hmm. right? Like, and so like the fact that I'm presenting facts literally could be a problem. If, yeah. I, if I could slow down and try to present what I feel or my experience, that would be better, you know, for, for you. But if you could say, um, in those moments, something more about like, Hey, whoa, this seems like a lot. How are, how's your gut feel? How's your heart feel? Yeah. I want to be here with you. It reminds me actually of a Brene Brown quote that I don't know exactly, but it's the, the tone of it is this, which is that rarely is a problem solved with a response. It's usually solved with a presence or it's solved with empathy. And so to be able for me to say, thanks for sharing that I'm here with you. I can see how hard that is. That is actually the salve that heals the wound or that, you know. Yeah, we could construct this a little bit. So if you think about withdrawers, they're saying generally, if, if you're a withdrawer, a lot of the withdrawer fears are around failure, getting it wrong, but not just that, that I'm going to get it wrong, make the wrong choice. And because I didn't have the right answer, because I didn't have the right solution, I'm going to be left. I'm going to be discarded, found unusable, unwanted, unloved. Yeah. Because of the fact that I don't have the answer because I didn't get it right or failed somehow. And so if, even if a pursuer comes in and solves the problem with handily, right? Like Mm. tells you like, Oh, well, here's the three things you should have, even if it's the perfect answer and does solve it, it's still not going to probably land so well on, it's going to confirm the fear or the, the lack that I have and cause me to want to hide more of myself. Yeah. So if you kind of play that out, it's like, 
I, I come to you saying, oh, this is a struggle. You say, here's the perfect answer. You should implement this. I clearly did not have that answer. And then it confirms that yeah. I'm bad. And here's the thing, and I have helped so many, both withdrawers and pursuers process this. This is the thing that the cycle does that's sucky, basically, is if you come and say, hey, I feel inadequate in this. And I'm like, oh, well, don't worry. I'm more than adequate in this area. And therefore, you don't have to be adequate. I'll be enough. And it just spins again yeah. that idea for a withdrawer that the pursuer is pitching that you are inadequate, you don't have what it takes. It just triggers, that cycle then triggers that shame, that internal narrative that says, I'm not gonna get it right, I can't measure up. And that is not what we want to do to a partner who we love and who we want to meet in those hard places. So to be able to pause for a moment and say, I want to make sure that I'm responding in a way that is beneficial. And I'm recognizing that I don't always respond in a way that is beneficial. <laughs> yeah. And I, even if that's all I can say, that's already a great start. Or I don't know what to do. I, I mean, don't it, know it, what yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, that's hard also because pursuers don't want to feel inadequate either. Yeah. So for me to come and say, I don't really know what to do. In my don't know what to do-ness, that tends to trigger my escalation, yeah. which then here is a thing that happens all the time in these moments when our withdrawers finally are vulnerable enough to come to us, then we don't know what to do. We get hijacked by our own shame and inadequacy, and we trump the moment with us. Now, in my withdrawing partner's need, they have to help us co-regulate so that they might get responded to. And even if they they help us deregulate, at that point, they might be like, whew, at least one of us. That is. was a bad idea. <laughs> I should not have I should not yeah. have put it out there. Because, you know, you hear withdrawers specifically say, man, a lot of times it doesn't feel very much better after I make myself vulnerable. Mm. Right. And and I think that some of this is this. Like it's like it, and I won't I won't put it all on pursuers by any means, but I'm like It's the cycle. It's the cycle. And so I'm like they have to take in the good response. So we're yeah. not putting all the responsibility and we have other episodes that talk a lot about why and, and the bad things and the effect of and all that of, of pursuing and withdrawing, but we're not putting all the responsibility on your partner or on the pursuer yeah. in this episode because a withdrawer has to be open to take it in, Yeah. right? There, I have to be able to go, hey, she's wanting to show up for me or you're wanting, Angela is wanting yeah. to show up for Chad. And I'm like, and if I don't let that in or I don't let my body and kind of check in with myself around it, that, that is our, our, our problem, right? Like yeah. you probably have done good things where I never noticed it, where I just kind of was like in my own defended state and couldn't yeah. trust it. And so it's only fair that we would say, Hey, how do we do this? How yeah. do we, how do we let you in or let me in? I think it's worth that we say overtly that mistrust is going to show up throughout this process, yeah. especially if we're new at it. it happened the other day, something happened with Chad. He double booked or, or misbooked uh, an appointment and he was feeling bad about it. And I came in and said, oh, I hate that for you. And you know, here, here I am trying to be like, I still love you. And maybe I said it in a silly tone or whatever. Like I, in my mind went, oh, people want to know that they're still loved even if they get it wrong. And so here's my cue, try it. And, and his response was, you're just saying that, you know, like, even though it was sincere for me to try to meet him there, there are times when your witch are might not be able to take it in. Just like when he makes an effort, I, I yeah. might not be able to, yeah. that's built into this process because we don't have a whole lot of reps at actually responding well in these distressed moments when we don't know what to do. 
And so the other part is that, you know, him saying it's not just all on the pursuer, it's important that in this particular episode, and the next one it's going to be on the pursuers, but in this one, that the withdrawer kind of start to have an understanding of what they might need. Yeah. In those moments, if your pursuing partner could actually respond to you in a way that would help or be productive or provide comfort, what is it that you see or envision your pursuing partner being able to do or say? And can you share that with your pursuing partner so that they can have some insight? I mean, that's a huge thing. I think Chad and I have talked about how performance-driven withdrawers can be. They want to get it right. It's a a lot of in the doing. And so then when a pursuer comes along and then kind of criticizes the doing or, hey, I'm glad you did the dishes, but you didn't load the dishwasher right. Or, you know, what we do is we criticize the performance instead of acknowledging the effort. And I think that's a place where withdrawers get missed a lot is how much effort they actually are making. And can we acknowledge that and be grateful for it and show them our gratitude? And then if we need to have a conversation about something else, we can at another time, but almost like not not piggyback those together. Yeah. Well, and I think uh, if, if I am a withdrawer, which I am, and I'm, <laughs> I'm in a place of distress, which sometimes I am, and, and you come to me or I come to you, let's... This is a big move to start with, by the way, for a withdrawer to say, hey, I'm, I have this struggle and it's hard. So I'm trying to be an engaged withdrawer. I'm trying yeah. to let you into my story. And, and you come over and you say, I share with you, hey, this is, my, this is my struggle. And I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to engage with you. That's already an effort. And then I say, this is how it hurts. And so I'm focused on my emotion yeah. versus focused on 25 tasks or whatever. So that's another thing that's not easy for a withdrawer to do. Normally, I want to list you the things. Yeah. Now I'm, now I'm like sharing that with you. If you respond to me and my emotion, right? If you respond to me and say, man, this sucks. I'm sorry. I know you tried hard or whatever that, that move yeah. is. I think, I think there is a really natural thing that happens right after that, which is we will say, man, help me think about this. Hmm. But if you don't respond to the emotion first, and you come in with a bunch of energy, yeah. right? Like, here's the five things. Did you try this? Did you try that? Did you do this? Did you do that? I would have done <laughs> this. I can't so believe you did that. Which is so easy to do. Right. I know. But it, but if it goes like that, yeah. then then probably I shut it down. Yeah. And so if you want to, and I think this is kind of true on both sides, mm-hmm. honestly, if, if you want to get something solved, right, you probably have to meet the emotional state first yeah. and help help me downregulate my hurt or anxious or sad or- that's a general rule for life. Yeah. Catch another human's heart first, and then they'll let you into yeah. the process that they're in and, and we'll be able to take feedback. But before you catch my emotional state, I, my, it kind of shuts down my cognitive brain and it doesn't let me have yeah. those conversations. I can't take in any of the feedback. All I hear is criticism. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing, I love that, you know, the process that we're kind of explaining, because even in our relationship, it happens fast. The yep. negative cycle happens fast. And then us trying to correct the negative cycle or get out ahead of it yeah. is a quick process as well. So slowing it down even helps me go, oh, this is actually the step-by-step process. Yeah. But I think another thing that is both beneficial for the withdrawer and the pursuer is when a withdrawer can ask for help. Yeah. If a withdrawer comes to a pursuer and says, can I get your help? This thing that Avery, our five and a half year old does is she'll be like, I want to help you. And then she'll tell me all the ways that 
I need to accept her help uh, <laughs> all on her terms. And I'm like, oh, that's not actually helpful. That's not what I need you to do. By help. What yeah. do you mean? And yeah. so to be able to at that moment say to the withdrawer who says, I need your help. How can I help you? Or what do you need my help with? Not here is how I can help you. I've got 25 ways I want to help you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I've heard quite a lot of couples say that, that it's almost like you're afraid to ask for help because you're asking in your yeah. mind maybe for criticism or for somebody else's solutions to be put on you instead of actually getting a helpmate or a partner. You know, it's, 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 we could talk about the world of the withdrawer for a long time, but I think it's, it's one of those things where if you want to kind of break it down, a withdrawer, a lot of times has been told over and over to not know, to not have the answer, to not get it right, to not have it solved. Those kind of, they're all in the same vein means failure me. And that failure means loss of relationship or dismissal or pushed away. And so if, if you're just trying to get a, a concept of it for a withdrawer to say, I need help means they've already been vulnerable and said, I, I am admitting failure in some ways. Yeah. And so we, we almost can respond to that and say, Hey man, this is hard. Anybody would struggle with that. I get it. This isn't an easy thing to do, man. I see you trying. I see your effort. It's brave to even say you don't know that kind yeah. of thing, right? That allows a withdrawer to go, okay, maybe. All right. And then, then say, well, what, do you see anything? How can I, I want to take feedback. I want to do better. I want to get better at whatever this is. To show up as your teammate yeah. and not your coach yeah. is what a pursuer can do in those spaces. If we're talking about what can a pursuer do, we can acknowledge the effort and not criticize the performance. Exactly. We can show up like yeah. a teammate and not like a coach. Yeah. There's something else I, I think is worth saying just because we're starting to understand that just because a withdrawal takes space doesn't mean they're not fully engaged. Sometimes they just need a minute to kind of sort out or even connect with what's happening internally. And so another big thing that I love to be able to say is a pursuer, give your withdrawer some space if they need it. That's a yeah. huge thing that withdrawers sometimes need. It doesn't mean they're disengaged, but it's okay to say, hey, if you need a few minutes to process this, it's okay. I'm here. I'd love to engage this, but take take the time you need or, or take a few minutes or whatever. Yeah. It takes the pressure off of, I need an answer right now. I need a, you know, Chad has said before, sometimes when I ask for something now is assumed at the end of it, I need it right now. Avery said the other day, when I ask you that question, will you get me a snack? What I meant was, will you get me a snack right now? And I was like, <laughs> okay, thanks for the clarity. And a few minutes is my response, <laughs> you know. But being able to give the withdrawers just a little space says, we're secure enough that I can be okay while you process what you need to, and then we can come together and talk about it. Not, I'm not okay unless you stay right here and give me everything that I need. Right you know. now. <laughs> so, so that is just a few ideas that once again, really asking our withdrawers, we want you to be vulnerable. We want you to engage. Now we've got you here. Yeah. You're engaged. What can we do to help that process to, to help create enough safety for that withdrawer to know that it's okay to take the risk. Man, that's great. What a, what a good topic. And I think it's really helpful for withdrawers to kind of hear this and, and pursuers to kind of say, oh, that, that makes sense. Let's, let's pause for a second and head to our connect point. 
The Connect Point is designed to help you have a different conversation about how you experience your relationship. Small adjustments lead to big change over time. Take some time to practice with us now. So let's dive into this and pursuers, I want you to take a minute and think about what you might actually be able to try. If your withdrawing partner comes to you and says, hey, this is what's going on inside me. How are some ways that you might show up for them? Or if you notice it, some ways that you might be able to kind of engage with them in a way that's safe based on what we've talked about. And withdrawers, we want you to kind of hear that conversation and think about, can I actually take that in? Would I be able to internally accept that? And, and then uh, maybe, maybe would it help? You know, would it, would it do something different for me in my experience? And now it's time for you to go connect with your partner. Thanks so much for listening to us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, one of the best things you can do for us is to share it with another couple that you think could benefit from it. You can rate us and give us a review on your listening platform, and you can follow us on our Facebook page, The Real Emhoffs. If you want to support our nonprofit that makes resources available for couples, you can check out the Ways to Give tab on our website, therealemhoffs.com. We love to hear from our listeners, so feel free to message or email us with ideas you might like us to talk about or the ways that our ConnectPoint conversations are impacting your relationship. Thanks Thanks again. again.